Hello and thank you for joining for the Nuts and Bolts of Attribution session. My name is Samir Khan and I'm going to walk you through the process of how we experience the challenges in the organization when implementing an attribution platform and how we were able to overcome the challenges. So here's a quick overview of the agenda. We're going to talk about my team's journey in terms of implementing organization-wide attribution. We're going to talk about the challenges and we're also going to go talk about the different types of uh, frameworks that we tried and tested in the organization before we implemented it. And then finally, we're going to talk about how we were able to overcome the challenges that we experienced. If there's one idea, one insight that I want to leave you guys with is that attribution is a journey. Your customer attribution is a journey. It's not a snapshot of when the conversion happens. Neither it's a snapshot of when the first interaction your customer had with your brand. In fact, it's a series of events that occur over an extended period of time from the first interaction your customer had to close one deal and beyond. Think about for a moment, do you really understand your customer's journey? The customer's journey is unique and specific based on their needs, their wants, and the circumstances. In fact, every journey has a milestone, and after that milestone, what's going to happen is going to completely reshape how customers are going to interact with you. And that milestone could be an email that your customer received. Maybe they participated in some type of sales conversation. Maybe they met you at the booth. It reminds me of back in 1996 when I was, for the first time, I was leaving my parents' house and going to a college dorm for my undergrad program. I was nervous, but at the same time excited because I was, it was opening a new chapter in my life. Now, every day, at the lunch break, we used to go from the university campus to the dorm to grab lunch because the dorm cafeteria account was already paid for by my parents, so we want to take advantage of that. Now, there were two roads from the university to the dorm. One was a sidewalk to a major freeway, which was dangerous because it was a freeway, trucks and vehicles are going all the time. And then there was a back road, which was about a little bit longer, and it went through a small town. Now, during the monsoon season, which is the rainy season in India, the back road used to get filled with water. So it was really hard to walk. So one afternoon, it was raining like crazy, and the back road was filled with water. So me and a couple of my roommates, we decided to use the, the sidewalk adjacent to the freeway. And so we were halfway down the road, and something hit me really hard from behind. And for a second, I was not sure what's going on. I fell on the ground and realized that I've been in a major, involved in a major accident. I lost a year of college, went through multiple surgeries, but that's not the point. The point is this milestone in my life completely changed the way I think about things, including to a greater degree my behavior and my attitude towards things. So before you make a decision on whether you want to buy a technology, or build an attribution technology. You need to think about your customer's milestones and your customer's journey. So does your customer's journey looks like this? It is 
a beautiful, memorable experience. They have access to all documentation. They are interacting with their salespeople and having really meaningful conversations. The conversion process is flawless. The onboarding process is amazing. And your support is fanatical. Or it's like this, an accident about to happen. I couldn't imagine how it would feel like falling down from a running horse. Horrible. Or even worse, your customer is experiencing challenges one after the other to the point they just give up. Raise your hand if you have been in a situation as a customer or your customers have experienced this with your brain. We all have at some point of time, you're shopping for something and then you are consistently trying and trying and then ultimately you give up. Well, my company was one of the entities that experienced this. We had problems. And there were two main reasons why we had the problem. The first was we were relying on a very simplified version of an attribution framework. So we had a very basic framework, and here how it looked like. We had objectives for a marketing team. You know, marketing wants to hit the revenue goals, and we want to understand the performance of each marketing channel. So we got these objectives. We went to the stakeholders, which was only marketing stakeholders at that point of time. We collected their input and understood what they were trying to understand. Then we decided to use the out-of-the-box standard attribution that we got from our digital analytics platform, which was first-click and last-click attribution. And we implemented that. We started running data and analysis on that. Now, because we were using a limited set of data, we were using a digital analytics-only attribution, we developed myths and misconceptions about our marketing attribution and data. So let's walk through some of those. The first myth that we had is we believe that we need multiple attribution models. In fact, we had three attribution models in the organization. The first was the marketing attribution, which was the digital analytics attribution model. The second was the finance attribution, which was the lead source in Salesforce. So they were only using lead source as the single source of truth to identify whether the revenue should be attributed to marketing, sales, and partners. And the third attribution model that we were using was the lead owner that was used by sales. So if the lead owner is channel sales, the bookings will be attributed to channel sales. If the lead owner is inbound, the bookings will be attributed inbound. If it's a field marketing, if the field team, then it will be attributed to field. So apparently at the end, we were having three different attribution models and we were bringing in data from this model to the table and there was nothing matching. Everyone was telling a different story in terms of the contribution by their unit. The next challenge that we had is we believe, because we didn't have data, we believe that every customer's journey is equal. You know, they come to the website, they fill out the form, the BDR, SDR does the qualification, it transfers the sales rep, the sales rep converted to close one deal. We can prove it wrong because we didn't have the ability to do that. The third was we believe that the digital marketing was only effective at the top of the funnel. It was a funnel feeder. And again, because we, from a marketing standpoint, we were only able to show that, hey, marketing created the lead. 
we did had Marketo emails going even after the MQL stages, but we didn't have the capability to show that those emails were effective in generating opportunity and helping close deals. The fourth, and this was not a myth, this was in fact based on the data set that we had. So in Salesforce, when you when we looked at it, it showed that the day from the opportunities created to close one is about 70 days on average. So salespeople used to come to us and say, hey, we're running behind in this quarter. Can you go spend extra marketing dollars so we can close the bookings gap or the revenue gap? And because we didn't have any data, I mean, we apparently had to listen to them and we cannot do a pushback. And we said, okay, yeah, we'll try. But it never really happened that we created, we generated leads in the same quarter and they converted and closed. And last but not the final one, the digital, we believe that digital attribution is sufficient. And there was a reason behind that. So our Google top conversion path, Google Analytics top conversion path showed us this, which is our average digital journey is two points uh, from a customer standpoint. And then, you know, the conversion happens. So we didn't have any data beyond that to show, well, we need more attribution or better attribution than the digital only attribution. So we had all these problems and challenges, myths and misconceptions, and we were like, ideally, you know, generally, I would say, not ideally, people would go in the market and look for a new shiny object or a platform to like, hey, let's solve my problem. We said, no, it's this is a bigger problem than just buying a new platform. I think we have a process gap, and also, I don't think the framework that we're using currently makes sense. So we did research in the market trying to look at the multiple different types of framework that are available. One that we kind of liked and we started adopting was the Serious Decisions Technology Implementation Framework. So we took the Serious Decision Technology Implementation Framework, customized to our needs, and developed the Marketing Attribution Implementation Framework. And this is how it looks like. I'm going to walk through each of these steps. So the first step in the process is the alignment. So instead of we going in the market and start to look for a technology or a solution to solve a problem, we started doing research internally to identify the right objectives. Now, at the end, our company objective is to produce more revenue, but every unit has its own way of thinking about that. So from a marketing standpoint, we wanted to bring leads and opportunity in a cost-effective way and we also wanted to improve our MQL to sales qualified lead conversion. From a, a finance standpoint, they wanted to focus on keeping the budget in check and making sure we're hitting our bookings goal and reporting accurately. From a sales standpoint, their goal was to make sure that the SDRs are performing really well and we're hitting our quota for that quarter. So everyone had different set of business objectives. So the next step in the process was the requirements gathering and connecting these business objectives to the functional needs or functional requirements. And the way we think about that is what I call the gap analysis. So we do the gap analysis in three areas. So let's take a problem. Like if you want to look at, okay, marketing wants to improve the conversion from MQL to SQL and drive the right type of leads to the qualification teams. Now, simple answer to that will be get a predictive analytics solution like Mintigo or Sixth Sense and then surface all the right types of accounts and voila, you improve the conversion. But that's only the part of the problem. 
in the functional analysis, the gap analysis, what we did is we identified if it was a process gap. Maybe we don't have the ability to measure the intermediary stages between MQL and SQL. Or maybe it's a people gap. Maybe we don't have the right type of people in these different teams, in sales teams and marketing and uh, SDR teams. And we need to give them better training. Or maybe it's truly a technology gap. Maybe we don't have a platform that helps us to identify the lead movement and surface the right types of leads. So we went through the exercise. We took each and every business objectives. We identified the gaps, whether it was a process, people, or a technology gap. We put them into those spectrums. And then, from a marketing attribution standpoint, we found that it was actually a technology gap. We didn't have the ability to measure the touch points, the customer interaction, post-lead creation. So then, we did the research in the market. We identified the list of four to five providers that we want to go do an RFP with. And once we came back with the providers that we want to work with, we made a recommendation to the business, to our steering committee. And at that point of time, the steering committee reviewed it. They said, okay, this makes sense. This is in line with our business objectives, and this will help us solve the problem that we have right now. So then we went on to the implementation cycle. It took us about six to eight months to get the full attribution platform implemented in the organization. And then we started the process of governance, you know, making sure that Okay, it's not just one-stop shop. We just implement it and off we go. It's iteration and maturity of that system. So here's an overview of... Uh, so we decided to go with the provider called Visible for attribution. And this is exactly how the setup looks like in the organization right now, where we have Visible connected to our Salesforce data. Visible is also connected to our... Uh, website through a J script. We're in, importing all the marketing channel level data through UTM parameters. We're capturing all the Marketo events from Salesforce and date and time stamping it. We're capturing all the Salesforce, uh, for all the sales rep outreach information. So we use a tool called outreach.io for all sales follow up. So we're capturing all of that input. And, and finally, we're connecting to our data warehouse through a segment which is another platform, and building this customer's journey from first interaction all the way to the close one deal. So this is how the implementation timeline looked like. You know, we started with very bare minimal basic implementation. And one of the things that we did, that I did, is I partnered with my counterpart in finance. And that helped tremendously accelerate the project. You know, finance were initially only interested in the data that we we're getting from Salesforce based on lead source. And I explained to them how this new technology works, how we're taking into consideration different data points, and how we're stitching the journey of the customers between the data, uh, data points. So they were completely on board, and then we worked in parallel with them to develop a beta version of the company-wide attribution model that takes into consideration all the different touch points. Then we presented this to our C-level executives. And they really liked it because it was the first time in the history of the organization we were able to attribute the revenue correctly between marketing, sales, and our partner channels. 
sales finally got on board. It took it took a lot of time and explanation uh, with them, and then finally they got on board. They understood how it works, and then we rolled out a company-wide attribution model and started consistently reporting on it. And here's how the attribution journey looked like. You know, we started from a bare minimal digital-only attribution. Then we started incorporating offline campaigns like at events and trade show. We were using a third-party provider for our webinar. So we did the webinar integration. We incorporated that data into a campaign and got it into the, the customer journey timeline. The next step was to get the partner data uh, and the field sales data. So we started incorporating that data into our attribution model and date and time stamping that. And then finally, what we're doing now is we have signed up for a data warehouse solution that Visible offers that gives us the opportunity to not only date and timestamp the, 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 the milestone touchpoint, like a conversion touchpoint or interaction with our marketing channel, but also session-based. So that will give us the ability to understand where is that customer in that particular session so we can make recommendations not only on the website but also externally and as well as the sales side. With this journey mapping and multi-touch attribution platform exercise, we were finally able to bust a lots of myths and misconceptions. So the first one, if you remember, uh, you know, we found that we don't need multiple models. What we need is a steering committee, and this is exactly how our steering committee looks like. We have folks from all three operation groups, IT, sales, and marketing. We have our leadership sponsorship for this. We have input from sales and marketing stakeholders. And then we have the blessing from finance for our revenue and budget numbers. So when we had this steering committee, we were locked tight in the decision-making process because it went through a chain of approval, it went through a chain of stakeholders to present the model and present the data. So we completely busted the myth that we need multiple models. The second myth which we had was the customer journey is equal. Now with the journey mapping exercise, we found that customer journey is unique. Every customer goes through a completely different way to achieve the same goal. You know, They may come to the website, they may interact with a webinar, go to an offline event, get an email and convert. And someone else may probably just get an email and have a few conversations with sales and convert. So customer journey is completely individualized. And in fact, we tried to do this exercise to try and show there is a, sp a specific journey that the customer takes, and we failed because we found that the customer does not take a specific journey. Every customer has a different type of journey. The third, which we were thinking that, hey, digital marketing is only effective top of the funnel. Well, what we showed that, yes, digital marketing is definitely effective at the top of the funnel in bringing new leads, but because we were able to date and timestamp all the Marketo emails, opens, and sent, and all the outreach emails, we were able to show how Marketo and digital marketing is very effective at the mid-stages. And then we were also able to capture the videos they watched, the, the case study downloads, the webinars that they attended. So... At the late stages, at the closed one and opportunity stages, we will show how marketing is impactful even at that stage. In fact, we had a data that shows introducing an email nurture campaign before the opportunity creation increases the close rate by 60%. So we completely busted the myth that digital marketing is only effective at the top of the funnel. 
The number fourth myth, which we now had the first touch date all the way up to the close one, which on average was 135 days. So when we went back to the sales and said, hey, you know, we will, we're more happy to go invest marketing dollars, but look at this data. What it tells that if we invest marketing dollars now, we're not going to see results in the same quarter. In fact, it'll take four to five months in order to show us the results from that budget. So they understood that and we started working more collaboratively. And last but not the least, because Google top conversion paths only showed that digital marketing attribution is effective, now we have this offline data coming in. We were able to prove that 30% of all our digital marketing deals were impacted by offline campaigns. And I'm not talking about offline as in sales stuff. We're talking about offline marketing campaign like our events and trade shows. So 30% of the deals were impacted by that. And we completely shattered the myth that digital marketing attribution is sufficient for our stuff. And you may have already seen this. This is our marketing technology stack that was uh, put on the main stage yesterday. And the reason why I have it in there is because normally we, as a marketing technologist, we get lost in the, in the thought process of like, hey, we need to buy more technology. We need to stack. Yes, we need to. But at the same time, make sure your business objectives are aligned to your functional capabilities. You have the right type of steering committee to make the decision. Then you go to the market and stack up. Finally, let's have a conversation. Here's how to reach me. In case you have any questions, please let me know. Thank you.